You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. On the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's LA Complex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's L.A. Complex After Show. Hello, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another after show for the L.A. Complex. <laughs> Having issues trying to tweet. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 8, and this one was titled Stay. I'm your host, Emilinus Jr., and tonight I'm joined here with just two co-hosts, but two great co-hosts at that. I'm Miriam. And I'm Bam Erickson. And tonight we're missing Kelly. She had a, another engagement, but she will be here next week, I'm sure. So, we'll, uh, does she have a, a word we can say? Because I know Miriam's honey. <laughs> does Kelly have anything? She doesn't have, have a specific word she uses. Well, your, your spirit is here with me. Your, yeah. your, your spirit. Um, but let's talk about what is obviously one of the most exciting storylines. We'll start with that Cal. Yeah. And his new lawyer friend. Whew. Cal's definitely grown um, as far as his, I guess, openness with his sexuality over the past couple weeks. He is. And it's interesting because when they first last week had that uh, interaction, the lawyer and him in his office where they, where they ended the show, it was really, I, I couldn't tell that there was some sort of coming on to each other thing until it went down. Yeah. So for them to open the episode... Um, I guess, well, to start it off with their storyline, him waking up on his office couch, pretty much in his boxers, right. it was, I was like, wow, he spent the night on top of everything else. Which I, I think for me personally, though, I'm just annoyed because I want Tariq to come back um, so badly. So every time, it, oh, phone's going off. Every time he's with somebody else, it kind of frustrates me because obviously Tariq's been gone for pretty much the whole season. Was he only on one episode so far? No, yeah. yeah. Just he's one the episode. First one, right? The premiere, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I. By the later on, we'll talk about this, but obviously, it seems like Tariq is going to be coming back soon, hopefully. Um, but we saw with this lawyer, you know, the lawyer understands Cal's situation, but he's also trying to get him to open up and do more. So the lawyer was on the phone, and then we got the phone. He said, You know, I need to grab breakfast. And then they went and grabbed breakfast together. Um, and with that whole situation, I think that was really a, a testing moment for Cal because he was out in a public place with another guy who. Isn't really, I want, he's not flamboyant or anything, so it's not that you can tell he's gay, but you could tell with the conversation they were having, especially when it got heated when Cal wasn't really opening up and he said, You know, I'm into you, are you into me? And he said it kind of loud, and the dude next door kind of looked over and he's yeah. like, Yeah. And then he's like, What the hell are you looking at? Right. <laughs> so it's really interesting because with the, with the lawyer's character, who's played by um, Gerard Joseph, he's. He's kind of like this educated lawyer, and he's somewhat openly gay in some aspects, but then at some parts, 
and the and their scenes, he has a he has a rough side to him where he's like, you know, I may be gay, but don't get it twisted. Like I'll get in your ass. Like the way he looked at that guy. Wait a minute. Well, he's a lawyer. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> quote of the night. Quote of the night. He's well. He's a he's a lawyer. So yeah. by nature, he's he's. You know, trained to be a bulldog, so to speak. And so for him to, I mean, I think he's openly gay because it seemed like he was on the phone with a client or um, an, an, maybe another attorney or You're something. Because right. he said, he goes, he goes, I don't care if I, you know, I, and I can't quote him because I'm not good like that, like you guys. In fact, that's what Kelly's really great at. She can quote everything. Um he says he's like you know the minute that 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 jo- that judge lays down the gavel, my gay ass is going to go and you know ask for an appeal or whatever like, right. that he was asking for. So I think that he's openly gay in the community, but at the same time he's he's um, very conservative about it to a certain degree, and he's not afraid of it. Where Cal, on the other hand, is very afraid of his sexuality and being open about it. I mean, he has a lot to lose. And the lawyer, which did we even catch his name? No, they never said his name. I'm just gonna. Call him by his He's first name. He's the lawyer. Name. The Gerard, lawyer. Jo- yeah. He's <laughs> the lawyer. Joseph. Now, one of the things we noticed, too, though, when he was after his um, night with the lawyer, he did, when the lawyer's on the phone, pick up that piece of paper with the rapper's address on there. Yeah, I was going to say that was very important yeah. to mention that when, when Cal got up, he walked over to the desk and he looked and he saw that infinite uh, name and addresses on the paper. He took it and he put it into his pocket, which we'll talk about later. Right. And then so... As the lawyer comes out or uh, Jarak's characters come out, as they're talking, having conversation, the first thing that Cal wants to do is Cal wants to get up and leave. So which also says that Cal, it seems like his character more is into having sex with men and then he wants to leave and go about his business. Because he's not ready for the emotional baggage that comes along with it. Right. Well, I don't think he knows how to date in in this situation now. The closest thing that he's ever come to a date-like situation was with Tariq when they went away to the bed and breakfast. Right. And so for him to, you know, for him it's just all about sexual encounters and, you know, keeping no strings attached. Mm-hmm. Where if it gets too serious, I mean, I mean, it's you get the same dynamic with a guy and a girl where it's like, all right, hit it, quit it, gotta go. Cut, buddy. Yeah, and... <laughs> What did you call it? A cut buddy. That's what we say in the South. It's Atlanta thing. Oh. I, I learned it a couple months ago from him. <laughs> cut buddy. Yeah. Okay. Buddy. You cut out right after you're done doing what you got to do. And so, you know, he. I think he's not used to that dynamic with with men, especially. I mean, with girls, I don't. I mean, he kind of does the light dating thing with, with uh, the chick from the mission. Hmm. But aside from that, he just doesn't know how to date. In fact, a good example of that is when he shows up at the lawyer's house. Right. And the lawyer's like, how'd you get my information? How do you know where I live? He's like, I have people. And the, the first thing that he goes to do is he gets aggressive and he wants to go straight to the point. And, and that's the funny thing, because the lawyer is trying to have like a sweet, tender moment there. He's like, I have people. You know, I found a place. And then like the lawyer, like he tries to kiss the lawyer. He's like, you know, hold up a little bit. You know, let's finish the conversation we're having. You want some cognac because that's your favorite drink. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he tries to like have a nice tender moment there. But Cal keeps trying to go to the sex, sex, sex. And then even when they were at even when they were having breakfast, well, like like what we said, you know, uh, Cal wanted to basically get get um, get dressed and just leave. And then it was like so he convinced them to have breakfast. And so because you can kind of tell that Cal does like him, Cal, you know, did the little smile that he did with Tariq. And then so they proceed.
Hebrew breakfast. So now that they're now that they're at the breakfast table, you know, the lawyer he's just talking and rambling and rambling and rambling, and Cal's like this, look, just right. looking bored. And then so he's like, okay, well I've been talking for like twenty minutes now, you know, let, now I'll let you talk. Basically, what happens in a date? But when he asked the questions, Cal's uh, character answered the questions like one, two, three, four, five, and so it was like, you know, my dad's been in. He said, my dad's, my mom's dead. My dad's next con. I don't vote, and cognac is my favorite drink. And that was it. So it's like he's not into questions. He's right. very just like you know. He has his way. I think too though he was opening up with Tariq. Like it's still a matter of him. I don't know if it's love, but him having a strong connection with Tariq and necessarily wanting him back in his life. And he's trying to fill fill his his life with these vo- or fill the voids in his life with these people. Whether it's Donna or this new lawyer guy or whatever, or his father, different people trying to replace what he had with Tariq. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really want Tariq to come back. Well, I think I think that there is a love between him and Tariq. And they said that. And it's like, you know, when, when he beat him up, he's like, you don't do that to somebody you love. Right. And I think the lawyer really struck a nerve when when Cal was like, why didn't you wake me up? And he's like, well, I did, but you were you were sleeping hard and I couldn't wake you up. And he said that I don't sleep hard. And he's like, well, who's Tariq? And then, of course. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, that's who you were. That's who you were calling out." Right. He so. kept he kept kind of pining on that a little bit. He said it at the at his at the office. Mm-hmm. He was like, "You were saying Tariq's name and you were sleeping," and then he said it to him at breakfast. You know, so tell me about Tariq, and that was the thing that made him get up and leave the breakfast. And then finally, when they were at the house, when he realized it, what it was, I guess the lawyer was getting upset because Cal was being so aggressive when he was just trying to have a conversation with him. And then they were gonna do a little bit of something, but Cal was just turned into you know, it's kind of similar to the do something, do something thing. That whole aggressiveness but it turned into just being so aggressive because I don't know if you remember the lawyer called him gay or said, you know, you are gay. Yeah. And I think that kind of struck a nerve with him. Like, you know, you're going a little too deep for me. I'm not ready to hear that right now. I just want sex. So then he kind of pushed down to the lawyer. But then um, when the lawyer kind of told him to stop, you're doing too much. And I've dealt with these type of people before. And I, I don't want that type of hatred in my life right now. Um, you know, Cal visibly gets upset and he knocks the sculpture off the table, which was two dudes banging right yeah yeah <laughs> and and he was looking like okay so he was kind of looking like you know this is some gay stuff and right so that's when that whole conversation I mean, it's just funny yeah. because with cal like he i'm not gonna put a label on him but obviously he has these tendencies and he's still in denial though so it's just hard for him to see those type of things when he knocked the sculpture off it was kind of in my mind another you know denial i'm not gay let me knock this off because mm-hmm. that's not who i am and then i thought the funny thing was the lawyer told him to leave again and then he says I really like you. I really like you, but you need to talk to Tariq. He said, I think you should call Tariq. Someone, I just, apparently people are, um, he, people are tweeting about this conversation. Someone says, I think he is looking, I think that Cal's character is looking for um, what he had with Tariq because Tariq is who he's in love with. So, I, we, you know, I think we all agree with that. Yeah. I think, to, I think also the way that he's reacting with the lawyer by going and smashing the sculpture against the wall, it's the fact that this lawyer is, all he's okay with being openly gay and if he gets any closer and deeper to this guy like he did Tariq what's going to wind up happening is is he's going to eventually have to come out and be openly gay too right. and that's a road that he's not ready to cross so it makes for interesting with how he's handling everything and it's it's all based on he had a hard time with Tariq going openly gay and you know it wasn't until he felt that he was in a safe place but they're not going outside of the city of LA to hang out him and this lawyer right. and so that means that it would push him to come out in the city of LA a lot quicker 
then he's ready to. And I think that's scaring the crap out of him. And we saw that too when they were at the restaurant because when they were at the restaurant sitting down, he kept like looking over and looking to the side because he was so nervous about who's going to be watching. What I also what I find what I find interesting is uh, Gerard's character, this lawyer guy. I like him in a sense where he's not afraid of Cal. Like he he says things to him like when they were arguing, he was like, "Look, I'm not going to deal with you. I've dealt with you before. I know your industry. I know you have to do do with that. But I've done with these type of guys before, and I'm not willing to go with that. You need to confront your demons and whatever, blah right. blah. And he was like, "Get out of my house." So. Tariq in the beginning was a, a lot more timid with with Cal's character. Kind of, you know, he was very intimidated by him. But but Gerard's character is not intimidated. He basically told him to get the hell out of his house. Right. And then Cal was like, "Well, I really like you. I really like you." They start kissing and making out. It's kind of a role reversal because yeah. Cal doesn't usually take that type of approach. Right. And then so he was like, "Well, I really like you. I really like you." And then they start kissing. And then at some point, because I was writing notes, all of a sudden they were like, "You know, what's wrong with you?" And so. I, I like Gerard's character. I don't like him better than sorry Gerard if you're if you're watching or listening. <laughs> I, I like your character, but you're no Tariq. Right. <laughs> okay. But I do like the fact that he is he takes a stand and he's not afraid to tell Cal like get out of my house, you bum. Well, I was going to ask a question, but I'll say that for predictions. Um, but yeah, that was it was it was definitely one of the most exciting stories in this particular episode. But the whole episode I thought was really good though overall. Um, but I want to talk about quickly with. Cal when he went to visit the rapper. Yeah. Yes. And he basically roughed the rapper. I don't know if you guys are thinking the same thing. When he confronted the rapper and he was saying, you know, you burnt my car and all this stuff. And then the rapper was just complaining, saying that, you know, you're what you rap about isn't who you are. You're being a hypocrite. And I thought he knew about Cal being gay or whatever. The, the, I didn't. The thing was, though, when he said his issue, he said, um, you know, you rap about living in the streets or whatever, you live in a mansion. I was waiting for him to like, ramble off a list, and that was the only thing he said. I was like, oh, yeah. where's the rest? <laughs> like, He's not relatable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But again, do we have to name all the rappers now who who um who rapped about exactly. how they were from the hood? I mean, Kanye, they all rap. Do you want about, them to stay in the hood? Like, right. <laughs> and so I kind of thought that was a weak. I thought that I thought that uh, Martin should have. The, as a writer and the creator, I thought he should have gave a little something else to 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 justify why he's not who he is anymore. It's one thing when we see how people how how money changes, but for all rappers, once they get that first platinum album, bling, cars, right. money, girls, that's a part of that's a how many how many rappers are broke that are successful. I mean, so I just well, I, Bobby Brown. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bobby Brown's not a rapper, and according to Whitney Houston, he is the original Army King. <laughs> Wait, but there's a lot of rappers who have like that one hit, and they'll make a whole bunch of money off that, and they'll go crazy and buy stuff, and then they'll go broke. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying, though. You can't expect a rapper who's successful and has hits and platinum albums to live a lifestyle that he's rapping about when he first started. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I mean, like Ti, like all these rappers where they they came from. I don't want to say humble beginnings, but they came from the streets. You don't want them. They're not going to stay in the streets. Like they're rapping to get out of the streets. Right. You know, that's their craft. That's their... Well, I think too that when when rap artists or even any type of artist that they they reflect back to their you know how it was hard back in the day how I you know used to rough it on the corners or whatever the case may be I think what it does is it inspires it truly inspires the people that are listening that hey you know what I was in this really not so great place and look at how far I've come you can do it too in so many words you know and so yes I agree with you it was a weak defense but I was 
I agree with you also. With I thought that he was going to go there knowing about Tariq and his down. Because you got that kind of a vibe, yeah. Yeah, but this guy doesn't. He's not that bright, and you could tell that when he <laughs> got he burnt schooled. the car. Clearly, well, he yeah. burnt the car. But prior to that, when he got schooled in 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 uh, Cal's house, mm-hmm. and he got all embarrassed about it. I mean, he was a weak. His his game was weak. Yeah. So he's not going to come up with a strong um, defense to why yeah. he he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Well, um, just quickly, guys, we want to know what you think. And there's a way you can interact with us besides Twitter. If you get on iTunes, all we ask is that you uh, download the podcast, subscribe, rate, comment, <laughs> and share with a friend. It's not too much to ask, right? Um, but what that does is that keeps people... Knowing about our LA Complex after show and helps us move up the rankings, but also it helps uh, After Buzz overall in um, in the iTunes podcast. So if you don't necessarily, or if your friends that you share it with don't necessarily like our After Show or the LA Complex, you can tell them about how dare them. <laughs> you can tell them about any of the the other great After Shows that After Buzz does, whether it's um, Scandal or. America's Got Talent or <laughs> my other show. 90210. 90210 or Homeland. Any of the new shows. We have a, a lot of new shows coming up for the fall, too. It's going to start very soon. So there's lots of new shows that are coming. So After Buzz has hundreds of after shows. There's bound to be something for them. And there's tons of great hosts. So please support. Um, also, there is an iTunes or on the app store there's a podcast app and what that does is that organize all your podcasts in the one neat little app and um you can listen to those and subscribe and do all the great things and we all have that on our apple related devices so it'd be great if you can do that but yeah let's continue the conversation after the show's over on itunes make sure you leave a comment rate subscribe and also for our youtube i guess watchers you can watch us on youtube it's running again and um we can interact there too so um now let's talk about oh Simon and Beth. This storyline, like, here's my issue. They got rid of Alicia, and they they bring this Simon and Beth storyline. No, it's it's not one of my favorites. I do like it better than Alicia's, honestly. But (laughs) it's still, it's kind of one of those storylines where, you know, it's just... It was added for no reason. Like, it's just dragging along. Yes, they showed a little bit of something we weren't seeing as far as, you know, um, auditions and stuff like that. We were seeing that with Abby. I I don't know. I don't like the storyline. I just don't like it. It's... Nor here, nor there. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about what happened in this episode. Or in the last episode, we ended with Simon disappearing because he ran to see his dad or whatever. And we opened this episode with Beth still frantically looking for Simon. She has... um, She has Eddie, the manager, and she has the two um, USC boys. What are their names? The brother's name is Kevin. His his character's (laughs) name is Kevin, and that's because I heard the other guy say, you know, Kevin was uh, still sleeping. Yeah. So Kevin, which is played by Jordan Johnson Hines. Mm -hmm. So, but... And then the other guy, he's the one that's kind of the one she has a crush on. Mm-hmm. So he's the one that's, you know, helping her look for him and stuff. And so how ironic Eddie had um, since Eddie's an actor now, the manager, he had only 12 minutes of sleep or something. So right. he can he can look for the little boy. And then uh, Kevin right. was already sleeping down on the sofa. So now it's just um, it's just um, Beth and the guy who goes and look for uh, Simon. So which you they know, spent all night looking for Simon yeah. is the thing. And you know, since Eddie does have to <clears throat> responsibly run the complex, mm-hmm. naturally he was like, "I'm supposed to start my shift doing all this stuff around the complex, and now I can't." So you know, they they allow him the time to rest for helping him and kind of like oversee things. Although it didn't seem like they were overseeing much. <laughs> then again, the conflict's pretty run down. So Serious, except for the to see. except for the beautiful pool. That's the only about thing it. that he, I think the only thing Eddie does is really just harass people for rent. Seriously, yeah. um, <laughs> he'd be on him. What? Yeah, he'd be looking. Where's that rent? <laughs> One of the interesting things though was 
Eddie was saying, you know, we should call the police, which is obviously the logical thing you would do if a child goes missing. Um, and Beth basically says, you know, my mother's dead and I'm not his legal guardian. So if you call the police, then we're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, because what will happen is, is if they do and when they do find him, they'll put them both in foster care. Right. And that's not going to be good because exactly. they're all they only have each other. So this is just a little hiccup. And, and you know, she she buckles down and she makes the phone call to her dad, which she was fake doing, you know, so far that we've seen her. So for her to call, call him, that was a really big thing for her to do. I mean, but she's been calling and leaving messages, though, sometimes, right? No, they were BS. Oh. She was doing it to humor Simon. Like, oh, yeah, I'm calling Dad, leaving a message. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to him. And I think Connor said it best. He's like, well, why didn't you ever ask to talk to him? Yeah. So Okay, so here's the interesting thing. So I guess, yeah, we can. Okay, so basically, you know, she was looking for him. She leaves a voicemail for the dad. And then we're kind of crossing storylines here. But basically, Connor ends up coming back into the complex. And in his apartment, lo and behold, the little child's there. That sounds like a Christmas thing. Lo and behold, <laughs> Jesus was born. The um, little child is <laughs> in the apartment next door. I was I was confused because when Eddie was explaining to Connor about the little boy, mm-hmm. it almost it almost seemed like Eddie knew that the little boy was hiding in his room. I don't think he knew. But for a moment, I was saying, you know, as an apartment manager, if you have this empty apartment, I feel like <laughs> since he's been gone, I mean, granted, it was just a day. You would check your apartment, or at least go in the apartment with your new tenant before he's not a new tenant but do something where we would walk inside maybe no I don't think that's the thing I think that Eddie because he has this dynamic of having a good conversation and good relationship with Connor he was just kind of I think kind of well I think he was kind of bitching about his day like oh my god I've been dealing with these people and like this little boy ran away and I'm dealing with it blah 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 and, you know, Connor, of course, like, why did he run away? And so that's how I think that all played it. And I don't think that there was really any uh, knowing that Simon was in Connor's apartment. Yeah. And as a manager, he wouldn't, as long as Connor is still paying his rent, which I'm sure he is, he wouldn't go into um, his apartment. And I know that by him because I'm a manager. Yeah. And there's people that sometimes they're gone for weeks and I don't go in their house. Well, no, I don't even think that that's the case because when Connor burnt down his house he moved in with, with Raquel yeah so he just gave him a new place and so when you're right he sure did when he was moving back into here he was like oh well, do you need any help moving your stuff into your apartment he's like nope I got everything he literally just had two bags to his name because mm-hmm. he burnt everything else down and whatever he had left it was at uh, what's your face's house well what I like about the whole Simon and Connor thing though is it's it's a perfect match as far as when we were sitting on the floor talking because you know Connor is this great actor who has serious issues, but he's very naive, um, very naive. And Simon is this, you know, wise kid, but he's naive in in a way, too, because he's still a kid. And so they were kind of helping each other out with their own situations and kind of getting the truth about what they need to hear from Mm -hmm. each other. And it was like a nice little bonding moment, like a uh, (laughs) like Simon was the younger version of Connor and Connor was still Simon. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it was funny when, um, well, naturally, I guess to get we'll get into the storyline of Connor, Jen, and Eric in a minute, but um, I thought it was funny when Simon says to him, well, what did you expect them to do, adopt you? Right. I was like, that's so cute, actually, for yeah. a little kid to say that. So I think we're done with Simon. And, well, before we dismiss them, yeah. The ending when they two, when the two finally um, when Simon and Beth finally you know came to each other oh, yeah. oh that was the worst <laughs> acting she was good 
The little boy was bad. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, here's the thing. Uh, they need to give him, like, I don't know, what is, how do you make someone really cry? Like, think of your dog dying at anything. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't If I thought of a dog dying, no I'd be like, more. yes. Yeah, it was, it, I, that was really bad. But other than that, no, the, the kid's pretty good. I forgot, though, we forgot before we even leave them, we have to remember the pivotal thing at the very end. She got a call from her father, finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the father said, you know, I'm finally getting back on my feet so you guys can come back. And she ignores the voice, or it was a voicemail. She Hangs closes up. the phone and she lies to Simon again which when he did so poorly acted when he were when he was hugging they said you know no, no more lies right. i'm old enough i can handle the responsibility okay yes i will never lie and then of course now that things are good and she gets that check right and everything seems to be great she hangs up and she lies to her brother saying oh it was no one well and they- i think she needs to process it yeah, yeah. That's a big thing to process. You haven't talked to your father in a really long time. You're kind of in a bind because your little brother just ran away. And now, like, everything's coming together. She's like, whoa, now that I feel okay, now daddy's going to call and be like, hey, Bumblebee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, come I to- on back to Canada. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yes, she should have never lied to her brother, but I mean, he's still a kid, and the reality is she has to, you know, look out for him. Exactly. And I do think that was a smart thing to do is hang up. Sleep, sleep over it, kind of process it, talk to him privately while while Simon is not around. My thing is, I'm a smart little, or I was a smart little kid, and I feel like Simon's smart. When he asked her, is, or who is that, like, who is just calling, and she's like, nobody. Oh, you ate the last slice of pepperoni? Like, dude, you're not that stupid. Like, she has no friends. It could have been an agent. You know, uh, she's been playing the agent all week. It could have been a rejection uh, phone call. It could be anything. Uh, so do you know. think she should have better, do you think she should have lied better? I think she should have just told him, me personally. I remember when, this is a quick side story when my grandmother died and my mom didn't tell me and she said she was still in the hospital and then she told me three days later and tried to sweeten it by getting me Wendy's or whatever and then she told me and I'd like slam the door in her face because like as a kid like I understand you're trying to protect me but maybe I was just different like I just want to know the truth from the beginning I don't want to hear a lie and then hear truth later because I feel like it hurts more like just tell me from the beginning especially especially after you just told me you just literally just told me earlier in the day I'm not gonna lie to you anymore I understand she's trying to protect him, but if you're really trying to have a bond with your brother, even though he's young, you just told me, I'm not going to lie anymore. I want you to tell me the truth. There's a time and a place, though. There's a time and a place. Here they are. They're at a table with at least 12 other people. You know, they're having a good time. She's happy that he's back. They're finally eating, which they don't get to do very often. I know. The poor boy had Nate's yesterday. He's all starving. (laughs) I feel so bad for them. But, uh, you know... She can't just say, oh, yes, I mean, by the way, that was dad, because that could turn that whole group of people into a gnarly situation. So she needs, I think for her, it's, you know, let me sit on this overnight or let me sit on this for a little while, hear the entire message, because she didn't even hear the whole message, and then talk to him about it. Even if it was a quick, I'll tell you later. So anyway, I'm going to move but, on. But you know what? But yeah, we'll move on. But. You never know. He could have been like, you know, call back. Let's talk to him now. And it's just not really the time or place. So hopefully she rebounds. It's nighttime. You know, let's wait for the morning. They're in Toronto. So that's East Coast kind of. Let's eat all the pizza we can because we won't have food for days. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, All right. So, oh, this is your favorite character, Abby. You know, Abby is a slut. Let me tell you why. Because (laughs) I'm really getting frustrated with Abby because I wasn't watching. (laughs) I thought you loved her. I'm, I'm frustrated with her character because, okay, before I even get into why she's a slut. So... <laughs> 
basically, you know, Abby's struggling now again because <laughs> she she lost the arms are folded. Like now, I, now, and speaking of that, you know, there's a they, they got the who uh, the team Abby now for the t for the shirts. Uh, I just oh, we're saw not that. team Abby here. Uh, what is she? <laughs> we're not team Abby. <laughs> what are her outfits gonna look like on this shirt? Wait, who's what are you a team Abby for? Like, what is like, everybody else has something to be root for? Like, what are you rooting for? I don't know, but I, I just thought I'd let you know that I saw a tweet saying you know team Abby. So okay, well, like I said, I love Cassandra still, but her character just annoys me now. Even though at first I thought I identified with her character, but I'm not a slut. So basically, what I don't like about her character, what happened in this episode <laughs> was she lost the role on Saving Grace because of her stupidity, right. and then because <laughs> of her crazy sexual escapades, exactly, her orgy. So then um, she calls her manager or her agent, who annoys the crap out of me. Oh hi, oh hi, Ron. And he like, yeah, Ron. And he like stumbles over his words. He stutters and annoys <laughs> me. And so then. She's asking him, do you have work for me? And he basically says no. And then she says anything and she accepts background work. And her. But what's funny is he says it pays $100 with two substantial <laughs> snacks. Really I mean, funny. damn, like I've been an extra and it's like I've always been able to get go to the tables right. and get some and, real food and, and get some snacks. But you only get two substantial <laughs> snacks. And the funny thing was when they were on set, it was like bananas and apples, yeah. like not even anything good. Um, so anyway, she gets to set and then she sees that her agent is there like doing extra work. Work too, and it's like okay, you need to find like like I said from the beginning, she needs to find a new agent. Like if he's doing this for extra money, like something's wrong. He's a little Mickey Mouse, <laughs> seriously, yeah. just a little bit. He kind of so, scored big when he got to the Saving Grace show. <laughs> he was like, yes, I got one. He's like, finally, I can call myself an agent. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so she's on set with him, and then what happened? Um, oh, so they're telling them, you know, you need to pair up with couples, and you're going to be running away from this monster, or whatever. He was hopeful. He was hopeful, yeah. and he wanted obviously to be with Abby, which Abby has a great body, by the way. Um, he wanted to be with Abby and you know she's like oh god oh god I need to find a date and then this stranger comes up who looks like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell <laughs> this stranger comes up and that who that's who her date is and the reason why I say she's a slut is because first of all he or she accepts $200 to just give him a tour of LA or whatever which I think if it was some sexual favors involved she wouldn't be obliged to doing that well no she said that she's like um I forget. He offered like a hundred bucks. She's like, um, I'm not a paid escort, right? So she was very aware, and and she she threw that out there. Like, are you crazy? Are you? But she me? said, I'm not a paid escort for a hundred. But then he said two hundred. She's like, Oh, okay. Where can I take you? All he asked was to be shown around, and I he know. was just trying to compensate. He was trying to be a good guy and compensate the work because if they walk off that set, they weren't going to get paid, even right. though she totally got. Uh, Ron, she suckered Ron to signing their mouth. I guess my thing is, I wish she could stay away from a guy enough, long enough to figure who out, figure out who she is. Because from the very beginning, this is why. I, okay, maybe she's not a slut, but she just has issues. From the very beginning, she was in a relationship with the guy from back home from Canada. Then she gets in a relationship or whatever that escapade was with Connor. And then who is next? Brandon. Or is there somebody else? Uh, oh, no. Con- Nick. 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 <laughs> then, sorry, I get confused because she's been with so many. Nick and then Brandon. And then now this, um, was he Air Force? Yeah. This Air Force dude? Military. So yeah. it's like she's going through so many. I just need her to focus on her career and her life. And because if you think about it, if she didn't get involved with Brandon, she would still have her saving grace job. Well, think about this. There are a lot of girls in this town, and this is what makes this show so relatable. There are a lot of girls that are just like Abby floating around L.A., well, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm definitely not one of them. Call them out. Call them out. I'm a relationship girl. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of girls out there that are like this, where yeah. they're, you know, they go to the next opportunity, although she's not bright enough to catch the opportunity. She's not an opportunist in that way. Well, if she's going to, like, sleep around with all these different guys, I feel like she should be doing it to advance her career. So if you're going to, you know, sleep around or give a quick BJ or whatever you're going to do, Abby, you need to do it so that do a CEO or an agent that's respectable, that has a good clientele. <laughs> a but director like, or producer. Yeah. Seriously, somebody who can get you a job. But let's let me just jump on the other side just for the sake of me being me. Guys do it. So what's your argument? It what? Guys Ooh. do the same thing where they where they date and mess with different girls. What's the difference? It's the double standard. I'm not a big fan of that one. I must say I agree with you. All right. Taking it to a different direction. I'm floored. Yeah. But <laughs> dropping the pin. Okay, but now let's talk about this guy. Um at the end of their date, he says that he has to go away uh, for a couple of days with his parents mm-hmm. to go see his parents. And she's like, oh, OK, well, you know, military guys are, are, are the ones who never can be committed. And he's like, oh, I promise I'll come back. All right. So clearly there is something that we don't know about this guy that's going to be revealed. You know, he's paying three hundred dollars for a wine. He's paying thirty dollars or fifty dollars for chicken when she thinking that they're going to go. That uh, be some good juice. Where they're gonna go eat at a taco stand, yeah. And so now he, they have a, they have a good kiss, good night. And now he's gonna be gone a couple of days, and then he's coming back. Is he married? Uh, um, I was gonna say yeah. maybe. I mean, that sound. He sounds like a married dude, straight up. He could be a married dude, or he could be one. He just come, came. I mean, he is in, in the military. He could be married. He could have just come back from being deployed. I he think he needs l- to be seeing his family. I mean, you, we don't know the whole story. There could be a number of different avenues that this can go. The one thing that I will say that I liked is one, he wasn't so aggressive with her. He kissed her, but they didn't do it. Right. So you Which I was shocked. <laughs> You mean she didn't wind up on the rooftop for the next day with no panties on? Why? And didn't take plan B? Right. What? But this guy has his money, yet he's on a set to be an extra. And then he realizes how lame it was. So now he doesn't want to be something just doesn't add up. You have all this money, but then you have um, a hobby of wanting to be an extra in a movie. But then when you get there and you don't like the work, then you just bail out and leave like something is Something's not right with this guy. I, I mean, clearly, uh, before I, <laughs> you got us. I, I'm gonna say this because we know of this show. Nothing is as it seems, and also um, when I was watching it online today, it was going through like you know how when you're watching something online, sometimes it just starts playing the next clip or whatever. There was an interview uh, that Cassandra still did with, I guess, the CW or whatever, and she was saying the cool thing about this show is. Um, it's literally good moments, bad moments, ups and downs constantly, and that's where the complex comes from. So every time there's a good moment, you know, the bad moment, like it's constantly up, down, up, down, up, down. So even though um, with this particular storyline, like Saving Grace ended, so now this new guy comes in, so she's about to go on the rise again, and then something's going to come crashing down where this guy doesn't turn out to be who she thinks he is, which it's obvious he's not who you think he is. Yeah, um, Abby has clearly the case of chicken head. <laughs> she does. And apparently uh, there's a lot of tweets. Someone made a comment uh, uh, ever from um, from Torrance says that Abby's a mess. She gets on my nerves and Nick's ass is gullible. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love I mean, I know. Was it you that wasn't a fan of Nick and Sabrina? Yeah, but 
my perception changed. Are we done with Appy? Oh, yeah, we're done with okay. Appy. We can let her go. So Nick, and, <laughs> so Nick and Sabrina. Sabrina, she got... I, I liked her a little today, only because she I didn't really... She some boob showing. Yes, she has a really nice body. <laughs> yes, she does. She has a really nice body, and she had some... I thought well, you were gonna say something substantial about her character because I like Sabrina. No, I like Sabrina's character though. I love her character. I think she's really funny. She's quirky. She brings the best out in Nick, but she definitely has a nice rack. And today we got a peek at that. And <laughs> you guys are a mess. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, we've seen well, we see half of Abby all the yeah, time. Yeah. She, all she wears <laughs> she's a bra. half naked all yeah. the time. So um, no, so it was really nice to see <laughs> to see a different set of boobs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, different set of boobs. Um, Although, too much leg for Nick today. <laughs> when he cropped it over the chair. I was like, what's going on? Like, why is he sitting all funny? Um, no, but I like their their dynamic. And I like that she brings out the best in him. Where, you know, he, he says to her, they're, they're, when they open the scene of them, this show, this episode, he says to her, he's like, you know, I have to go through my old material so that way I can find new, you know, see what I can reuse. Right. And she's like, why are you going to reuse old material? The goal is to keep moving forward, to keep growing, to get new material constantly. And he starts asking her about baby pockets and all this stuff. And she's like, enough of that. That's yesterday. I'm over that. It's time to move on. And she inspires him to go out and get his own set of stories, which... It was hilarious. (laughs) I definitely was was not expecting that because she told him, you know, why don't you try the internet? So I didn't know what he was going to take with that, like look at previous jokes and try to, you know, improve on those or whatever. But he took a different route where he goes to Craigslist and he just (laughs) goes and worked odd jobs. And so the first one was to play bridge with this old lady. And, you know, he before they even started playing bridge, he says, you know, um, let's stop this. Why don't you tell me some funny stories? And she's like, oh, I have one. You know, my husband died and now I want somebody to play cards with. And he's like, oh, okay, so bridge it is. But then later on, she makes a <laughs> sexual advance towards him where she touches his leg and then she's like, you know, let a, a real woman teach you, you know, how to have sex. And <laughs> I, I love the fact that she was like, I can look at you and tell you don't know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> so basically she was like, I can look at you and tell you don't have game. But the thing was, the funny thing was, he was like, uh, what did he say? Um, is this going to be like a verbal lesson? And she's like, no, you have to learn by doing. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, he, I, I saw that one coming, to say the least. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, I, I kind of predicted that I one, I didn't too. see that coming. Yeah. But the only older woman wants to play bridge. <laughs> what is in a woman that... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me... What is... Yeah, angry a, for a second. What is a senior citizen lady doing posting on Craigslist? She's a freak. Do seniors... Uh, Apparently. Mo- well, I, I think everybody does. There's some freaks out there. Post on Craigslist? There's some freaks out there, some weirdos. I know a lot of older people who really are not computer savvy. I know a few older, and not to that degree of her older, but older that will go looking for, like, I want to say like 50s, 60s, will go looking for, you know, companionship on Craigslist. Well, I say good for you, Granny. Get it in. <laughs> I'll tell you what he Get calls it, in, it after the show. <laughs> Remind me to tell you what, it, what, what they call it after the show because it's not appropriate. Okay. For the after-after show. <laughs> for the after-after show. Um, after Buzz TV exclusive. <laughs> But the next odd job was extremely weird. This yeah, guy, that guy was creepy. He t- he says, I guess the ad was to clean his garage, which that sounds a little weird already. Clean my garage. <laughs> um, so he wants him to clean his garage, and then he goes to the garage. The garage is already clean. And it's then, immaculate. In like fact. it was perfect. And then he's like, "You want me to clean? Yes, clean it." And so, like later on, we see Nick dusting or whatever, and it's like okay. And then he's like, "I'm basically done." 
and he looks over, but the guy's like recording him with his phone or whatever. He's like, oh, no, I'm just, what did he say he was doing? I'm surfing the internet, something like that. He made up some excuse, but he was clearly recording. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Nick's like, okay. So then he's like wanting to get his money or whatever. And the dude like starts throwing stuff on the ground and stuff. And it was just weird. He was sweating. Like, it was just weird. He was borderline like a pedophile. Exactly. It was so creepy. It really was. Um, There's a lot of people out there that, that, you know, need companionship. And when they need companionship, they will go to any length to find it, especially if they're odd like this particular guy. So weird. It It was was. really weird. And then once he handed the money and then he took it and he, he yeah, like did the whole like, chest thing and then Nick was like no just keep it yeah. <laughs> like I don't even want it it was just I would have I would have still taken like, the money snatched yeah, it really quick I would have <laughs> I would have gripped it and snatched it and then I would have got the hell out of there but we think, know Nick's not that bright I know yeah <laughs> I think the main thing too though Nick has a job he's just doing this for, for material for his comedy yeah, yeah um, he's not like Abby he's yeah. not hard at four dollars <laughs> oh Abby would do some things for that dollar well she turned off she turned away that two hundred dollars at the very end because mm. she had a good time you're still calling her ho your head <laughs> actually it was slick but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we go to the comedy club and or the just for laughs festival yeah and um sabrina's on stage performing her jokes are really funny and i think she's hilarious i, I just like her character i want to meet her in person like she seems like a fun person you know yeah. those actresses where like emma stone where they just seem like they're really funny you want to hang out with them she's one of those actresses where i want to hang out with her outside of her her workplace um but anyway so she was on stage doing her set and then she introduces nick and when nick comes up there he gives her a kiss and he does a joke like I kiss strangers all the time any one of you could be next or something like that that was humorous and then he starts talking about how every ad on Craigslist besides the ones that are like in the casual encounters are sex ads and then he goes into that and it was like okay yeah Nick's back on this game like mm-hmm. this is funny like I'm glad that she inspired you to do something else because your comedy sucked but did you see the smile that Sabrina gave when he was being applauded by the crowd yeah I thought it was kind of a like I thought it was I thought it was like a, 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 like a. I thought it was no, genuine. I thought it was genuine. I think she's, she's happy for a man. It they clearly like each other, and I think that this is a relationship that can really last a long time. It can actually ha- have a future, and it's because she encourages him, and the more that she encourages him, the better they are. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to be with somebody that's not successful. Yeah. So if he ha- still had a weak game as far as his comedy routine, when she pretty much hands him like, "Here, why don't you go to the internet for inspiration?" Here. I didn't mean to give you my whole like stand up, but I just gave it to you without realizing it. But then it's like another thing is it's like a moment where, especially in a relationship, not like I'm the guru, but I feel like in a relationship, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in a relationship though, when it's kind of a moment where, oh, he actually listened to me. Like, kind of like in a relationship, huh? <laughs> Keep speaking, guru. Keep anyway, talking. I'm saying, though, I feel, I feel like it was a moment where she was watching him. She was like, oh, he actually took my advice. He listened to me. And, you know, he cares about what I have to say. He takes my opinion to heart. And so it was like, OK, I'm on or he's on stage and he's killing it. And he took my advice. And, you know, I'm proud of him. So that's what I, I got from that. don't trust her as far as you can throw her. Well, she's done a lot of sneaky things, underhanded things. So I get where you're coming from. But, you know, I think in the last episode when he was calling his job to quit right in front of her, you know, she she called him out. He called her bluff. And then she didn't he didn't, you know, quit his job. I mean, it's just another weird, weird, complex relationship on this show. Like (laughs) like Jen, Connor and Eric, their whole trifecta whatever's going on there basically with this storyline this was actually turned out to be as far as the whole Jen storyline turned out to be way more interesting than I think I thought it was going to be 
Um, and, you know, we talked with her last week, just in case you guys missed that. We interviewed um, Krista, Krista, Allen. Yeah, Krista yeah. Allen, who plays Jen last week um, on the after show. And, you know, one of the things about this storyline I find really interesting is Connor really turned it into a family. He mended Eric and Jen's relationship. And he's like, but it's that naive complex in his mind where he started to see them as parents and it was funny the the, the funniest thing when the scene opened up and he saw them um, basically making love and then he's like the little kid who sees their parents and he's like oh okay what do I do now he like stands to the side and he does like a little smirk oh I just saw mom and dad and he like puts his headphones on and walks away it's like in his mind he he's just messed up he's so messed up he definitely needs a lot of therapy yeah I think that his character is getting the experience that he he's probably heard about from his friends throughout the years oh my god you remember the first time you ever walked in on your parents or whatever the case may be which thank god I never walked in on my parents (laughs) Um, but you know you, you hear a lot of people experiencing that and he's never gotten a chance to experience that and now he is you know, he has this whole like little family thing going on and they're hanging out and everything's great, but he's sleeping with his mom and so's dad too. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. But um, you know, the fact that they had to go and sit him down at the breakfast table and say, Hey, look, we're getting back together and um we did a focus group, which I like that she did that. We did a focus group and, you know, um statistics show that uh a Jen and Eric reunion is gonna is actually gonna work in our favor. So so we're going to get back together because right. a bunch of people are interested in us getting back together and your contract is now no longer necessary. And so I, we don't I don't need you. That's that's kind of and then he was saying, you know, I thought I thought, you know, we were becoming something because in his mind, even at first, he didn't even comprehend what she was saying. Like, we're getting back together. Oh, well, that's great, guys. You know, I'm glad it's working out for you. No, we're getting back together, which means you have to leave now. Like, it's over. And he's like, oh, you know, and it's kind of. I think it kind of hurt, and we see later, obviously, it kind of hit home when he was reading the text message from Raquel, but is what Raquel said, you know, she's going to throw you away and you're going to be hurt, and that's kind of what happened. We all predicted that. We knew this was going to happen. Like, there's no way that was going to work out. Again, I thought I thought this whole um, Jen and Connor storyline and Raquel, I thought it was going to go in a totally different direction, and I can't say that I loved it. This I love this whole thing with Eric and the, the husband. Um, I don't know. I thought it was funny when they did get, or when he was leaving, <laughs> he was leaving and saying his goodbyes and stuff. Before, but because I, I know you're going to say, but what I thought was interesting is Jen was like, "Well, just because you can't live here doesn't mean we don't love you." Right, and I was like, "Okay, so <laughs> clearly." Yeah. And then the funny thing was when they were saying their goodbyes after she said that she was saying, "You know, you can call us anytime." And then Eric was like, "Well, we're actually going on vacation for three weeks to Galapagos Islands for a while, so you can't call us then." But after that, you can call us anytime. <laughs> and then she like nudges him like, "Stop it!" And then when um, they walk away, like they're walking away as a couple, and I thought it was funny. He kind of calls from the car, and he's like, "Oh, Jen," and she runs back, "Yes." And then he's like, "By the way, he broke your uh, your parents' vase, and he replaced it." So, and then like the look on her face. Oh, he said he was drunk. Yeah, you know he's supposed to be sober. So it's like a a kick in the mind. Like, oh God, like I didn't know about that. And um, so we'll see where that's coming from. Well, Eric's a big master manipulator. Mm-hmm. Seriously, he's a manipulator and. He he worked his way back into he worked her life. Both sides. He really did. He played them both, and now so he's back in the house. And I like that Connor did that. He's like, hey, by the way, you know, like that vase that your parents gave you, you know, Eric broke it when he was drunk, and I replaced it with a fake one. 
bye. And it was hilarious. See you later. Now, who was waiting outside the house? I'm trying to remember her name. I think I wrote it down. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. So Charlotte was introduced to us at the BB, the, BB, the very beginning of the episode. Um, and she was in a lawyer's office, looked like. And she got um, some paperwork. And he said, here's everything you need. Um, good luck. Have fun. And don't be nervous. Be yourself. And then she opens it up and it's a folder with pictures of Connor. I think it was a private investigator. Yeah. Okay. And so... After that, we don't see her for the whole episode except for when she's outside of the house as Connor's leaving and she follows him. And then also we see her at the big pool party or pizza, the party. pizza party. The pizza party. Which the band was didn't so play cute. this time. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> thank God. The band did not play throughout I the whole gonna, episode. I was going to say that. Um, they didn't have any music by the pool That is so party. funny. When I remember I saw you today, I was like, oh, that episode was so good. Like, I really enjoyed it for some reason. I was like, oh, one of the best episodes. The band wasn't playing. Right. <laughs> it was a quiet day at the complex. Thank God. But um, yeah, before we even talk about the sister, that pizza party was so cute just to see everybody bonding and happy. I'm just waiting for the big crash. But anyway, um, with Charlotte. She was standing awkwardly across the pool for the whole day. She was there for the whole day. Now I think about it. And now, again, as a manager, I, the first thing I would have <laughs> said was, hello, can I help you? Right. Basically, what the hell are you doing here? Because I don't know you. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, she's a cute girl by the pool. She could be there with friends, waiting on friends. And you know, Eddie's a freak. Yeah, like he, Eddie is a freak. Yes, he's probably watching from his office. And he's all distracted with like you know Simon being gone, and he's napping during the day, so he can't exactly be full watch yeah. for this whole situation. Yeah. So for her to not really be truly introduced in this episode until the very end, I'm not surprised by that. The only thing I was confused about is when Connor goes over there and he says, um, you know, I feel like I know you or I have to know you for something, or something like that. That was a line. That was, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But then he said again, no, I really come feel on, like... Ex- come on. Okay, we know, we know I'm not an expert. But I just felt <laughs> like, at first I thought he was doing a pickup line, but then she said, I'm sure you say that to all girls. He's like, no, I really feel like I know you. So I was like, oh, does he really know her? But that was a line. Like, it was all just a ploy. And then she basically said, you know, I'm your sister. Right. Which, mm. I don't know where this is going. Oh, well, I know. I know. Miriam has some predictions later, but I do. Um, yeah, I don't really. Uh, uh, I'm. I feel this. I, where's it going? Yeah. Speaking I don't, of going, Raquel, dude. Oh God. Well, you know, here she is. She's in rehab. Yeah. In celebrity type rehab, and she has. And I like how Ricky called her the puppet master. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, who's doing this? My arm. Oh, oh, oh it's the puppet master. I'm, I'm cutting the strings. But, you know, she manipulated that whole situation, and now she's starting to see how real it really is for those people that do need help, like Zach. And she manipulated Ricky to pushing Zach to the point where he OD'd last episode, last week. Mm-hmm. And now she's feeling a lot of remorse about that. She's feeling bad. Like, this whole nurturing mom thing, I think, that she's been acting on the last few weeks is really kind of catching up with her. Uh, okay. So this is, what, rehab. this is what I wanted to ask you, but I was saving it for the show. So when she first she talks to Ricky to basically apologize, and then we see that Zach comes back to rehab. And obviously Zach's upset with her. She apologizes to Zach, and she basically says, you know, if you need to leave, you should leave. And he says, I'm stuck. They're trying to make my storyline like the arc of this whole series right now for this season and all this stuff, so I can't leave. Um, the thing that bothered me was when they were doing the therapy session, you know, the producer kind of nudges or looks over to the uh, therapist and says, you know, Focus on Zach's storyline. As Ricky was trying to get some airtime, she's like, no, focus on Zach's storyline. Um, Raquel basically uh, gets up and tries to get Zach to leave with her, and it's going to be a breach of contract if she leaves. My thing was, before that, when she was talking to Ricky, she said, the only reason I'm here for the show is to focus on settling my debt for when she walked off or was fired from 
from that horrible yeah the kitty yeah. movie or whatever mm-hmm. which was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now the thing is, if she walks away, I understand her her trying to fix this whole thing, and she feels bad with Zach. If she walks away, it's going to be a breach of contract. She's going to get sued, which is going to be more debt. So I felt like even though she was going to be portrayed as a hypocrite, she stayed, and then she walked away, get sued. I felt like I still would have stayed because I can't afford some some things are worth working away from. And I I totally agree. She finally, you know, we always say how self we always say how selfish she is, but at this particular um, at this particular point in her in her life and in this episode, she's saying I don't care about the money i don't want to be a part of this she feels she feels get bad for almost having this this kid almost died and that was on her shoulders that was on her hand so therefore she wanted to she wanted the both of them to walk away let him get help and then she can have a clear conscience and then she'll think about the re, the repercussions later well yeah because now she's going to be almost three hundred thousand dollars in debt when she realizes what she's done well i mean i'm sure she's realized it but but well, I, money money comes and goes the fact that she could have had the blood of this kid's hand, uh, life on her hands, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. I mean, she's already had to deal with the fact of being pregnant and losing the baby. Which we just know is gone now. Which we're, I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming she's cocktailing it up again. Yeah. You know, she, she has blood on her hands already, just a little bit. And so to take to have this grown guy, you know, she feels responsible. Yeah. And so she was like, you know what? Like, she tried talking to the director or producer, the, you know, the crazy bitchy lady, and was like, look, you know, you need to let him get real help. He needs real help. And she sees that. But the thing is, is what, what I notice about this whole group of people, and I don't think she's quite realized it, they're all actors. Right. They are going to, you know, when he said that he, when he came back and she was shocked, I wasn't shocked. He's an actor. He's a child actor who failed, who has insecurity issues. This is his one shot to be back on television. And they're making him the arc. If he goes and he goes to real rehab, right. he will not be seen by anyone. I also think that the holds. I think it was a setup of um, what's his name? Zach. Zach. You got that vibe too. I, I was thinking was, that too. I, because I think it was a setup when she stood up and she was like, "Zach, come with me." And then he did the whole thing. No, I'm going to stay. Like I felt like. It might have been the producer. Because remember, the producer, as soon as that happened, the producer's like, oh, so if you leave now, you're going to be breach of contract. You're going to get sued. And if you stay, you're going to look like a hypocrite. So for, in, a, in a way, I thought maybe she talked with Zach and be like, you know, this girl hurt you. Come back. We'll take care of you. You'll be the storyline arc I, or whatever. I think the whole him OD and I think that was fake. Oh, really? That's what I think. Oh. I didn't think that. That's easy to do. Because, because again, he his only addiction was marijuana. That was it. So, who? Oh, I said. I said this last week. Who overdoses over marijuana? Hmm. No one. And so now, all of a sudden, you're going to take this new drug. I don't. I just. I think it was a setup. I didn't because the think pro, that. because the producer really has it out for Raquel because Raquel is really messing up this whole season huh. of this whole rehab thing. She's not playing fair. She's trying to do things her way. So because she's kind of like Raquel in some in, in a lot of in a lot of ways, she's like, okay, bitch, I do you better one. I think it was really interesting. I don't think that she thought Raquel was truly going to walk. I think that. That she, I think that she thought that Raquel was going to stay. She did. Mm-hmm. And then when when Raquel was like, you know what? And she went right out of there. The look on that producer's face was like, oh, my God, I did not expect that. Right. Like, yeah. I'm screwed. Right. And now I'm going to screw her by suing her. Hmm. I can't wait to see where this goes, though. Yeah. 
Well, it was nice that, you know, they all went back to the L.A. complex and, you know, had pizza party together and cocktailed it up without the band. And thank God the band was there. And thank God the <laughs> members weren't even at the pizza party. They were just gone. Like they were asleep or oh, maybe they, they got a gig. gig. <laughs> the band you. got a gig. Please keep getting more gigs. We do not want you back. All right. <laughs> but That's let's so go. Bad. Let's go to news and gossip right quick. After Buzz TV news. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what was my news? Oh, the ratings went up again two weeks in a row. It's um, 770,000 viewers last night. Nice. So, uh, I'm actually kind of proud. And I'm really, really, really hoping for a season three. They, um, I saw Andre tweet today that the season two rap party was tonight. Where was our invite? Just whoop, saying. Whoop. Just saying. Mm. Well, good for them. I'm really excited because I think Monday nights is a good slot for them, although mm-hmm. you can always watch us here or listen to us on Tuesdays. Mm. Um, I, I'm happy for them. Yeah. So, yay. So now, oh. Any other news? No. We love to show that's our other news. Um, and now for prediction. <laughs> predictions, yeah. And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right, so let's start with Cal. I think Tariq's coming back possibly as early as next episode. I get a strong vibe that maybe Cal's going to go get him or something. Mm-hmm. I think that Cal, I think Tariq is going to come back. Next the, episode or the next one? I think he'll come back. It has to, to be the next two episodes. I think he's going to come back to the season finale. And the only reason I say that is because, again, Cal, uh, Andre's fuller character, I think maybe a week or two weeks ago, said that he it was his last day. Mm-hmm. Then also... Um, Big Sleep said his uh, his his day was that same his last shoot was the the same day but on that Friday and then we saw the picture of the three of them together maybe like the following week but I feel like week, he so. wouldn't only be in two episodes in the whole season no. on IMDb he's he's set to be in a lot more episodes but I think because. I definitely I agree. I think there's going to be a season three. I definitely think there's a season three, and I, it'll, it'll probably be sometime in like early January, or February. I think that they're going to hold on. Oh, they're going to hold off on Tariq. And I have a prediction. This is what I predict for okay. season three. I predict for season three that when Tariq comes back, he's going to have a big brother, and the big brother is going to come and kick Cal's butt. And I think that big brother should be me. All right. Anyway, I want to I was like, I was like, where is this going? Because this does not sound realistic. I want to. I want to be on the LA complex. I want to be Tariq's big brother. I'm calling it right now. So you think you could beat Cal? Absolutely. Okay. Do you look how I look right now? Right, but besides the face, let's talk about the. I have muscles. Trust me. But listen, I'm telling you, LA complex. Martin, I'm telling you, put me on the show. Anyway, so we're going to move on to Simon and Beth. Uh, Actually. (laughs) I think that they're just going to keep kind of skating along in Los Angeles. Until they move away. All right. (laughs) Oh, but you know what? But I do think that uh, Cal and and the lawyer. Oh, by the way, his name is Christopher St. John. That's his character's name. According to the L.A. Complex Club USA, they said that's that's his character's name. But I think there's more to come with that. And then I think I think Raquel and Connor are going to get back together. I don't oh. know about that. I hope so, though. No, 
I think that they're going to have this still unhealthy relationship between the two of them. And I think that um, when it comes to this girl that has come to Charlotte, I think that she might actually be kind of secretly investigating uh, Connor because of the whole house burning thing. I think that that she's probably been brought in as a, as a secret undercover copper agent and is going to try to get him to fess up to burning down his house because he was pursued by the one agent not too long ago who was like, or the, the investigator, and was like, so what happened with the fire? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Right. You were drinking a beer when we got there. How did this happen? Yeah, you know what I mean? So good. I think that that's that, that's my prediction. That's um, a great prediction. That's, that's, we'll, we'll end on that note because that was a great prediction. Other storylines aren't that My great. prediction wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Your prediction was a little out there. Um, but tell us where we can find you guys. Mary Mel Gonzalez on Twitter. Bam Erickson, Twitter. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. And we will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Thanks again. Oh, go to iTunes. Rate, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. Many friends. Thanks. <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 